0: This episode is brought to you by Peacock, presenting critically acclaimed originals for your Emmy consideration. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we're chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year, and specifically today, breaking down the state of the 2024 Oscars race and those nominations this week. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and joining me is EW's Oscars expert, Joey Nolfi. Joey, um, first, are you recovered from Tuesday?
1: It's a new day in the workroom. It's a bright, <laughs> sunny day after Oscar nominations. And we've got things to talk about. We have so many things to
0: talk about. um, Because this year's nominations, first of all, I want to start off with some uh, congratulations to all of the nominees uh, and specifically want to uh, shout out most some of the of people them. who... Um, yeah, most of them. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I want to shout out some of the people who, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily a... a a mainstay, uh, it, it, as part of the conversation, they, they weren't people we were talking about all the way back in September though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once people really started to see their films, they became more and more part of the conversation. And, and some of them were some, uh, late surges. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Sterling K Brown, who, um, who is very good in American fiction. Uh, he's good in everything, honestly. Um, and you know, this of course is a guy who's, uh, has two Emmys to his name, um, uh, and he's quite good in this film um, so uh congratulations to him uh, America Ferreira also got in for Barbie. This is one we've been talking about all season long not uh not necessarily thinking that she was going to get in, but there's a lot of sentiment around uh, around her around that big speech uh, and it uh, and, you know when she was out a lot this season. I saw her at a lot of events and I think she got to talk to a lot of people uh, and it um I don't want to use the words "paid off," um, but it it resonated and it lingered with people, uh, and there's there's a something to be said for that. Uh, Jonathan Glazer getting in for uh, directing the Zone of Interest. Joey, I, this is one that you from the uh, very early in the season before really anyone had seen this film, you were encouraging people to not forget about the international
1: faction of the academy yes and i went back on my own intuitions i do this every <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> year i do it every it literally every year i do this because even that, down to the night before i was saying to myself should i swap out greta for justine trier or jonathan glazer and i i was like no just i always pick the sa- what i think to be the safe option and i think what i have to keep doing is telling myself that the safe option is the opposite of what your intuition says is the safe option and But do you think
0: that only holds true for the director category no. or do
1: you find that to be the case elsewhere? Elsewhere but specifically The director category, it is the wisest to do that in the director category because as this branch has shown us, even before the Academy started inviting a radical large number of international and diverse people into the uh, director's branch, the director's branch would often go out and do like a weird one-off nominee. Um, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of someone like David Lynch from Mulholland Drive or like, I mean, there was always that weird one director nomination. And we've been seeing it so much more in recent years, but it's skewing heavily European. And Mm -hmm. I think that's due to the massive influx of different creative perspectives that the director's branch has been welcoming in in recent years. And But I think you can also look at the other acting categories or the other categories such as acting where this is also having an impact as well. It's funny because I think the least affected category of this is best picture. Best Picture everybody sort of can coalesce or, or can uh, align on these uh, nominations. Like, I mean, top 10 for best director, pretty much everybody got those right. Um, yeah. Those were very clear. It's yeah. when you which get by the way, these... let's,
0: let's say what they are. American yeah. fiction, anatomy of a fall, Barbie, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, maestro, Oppenheimer, past lives, poor things,
1: and the zone of interest. Yes, And but I think to answer your question before, you can also see this happening in the acting branches. Um, I know I always go back to these people, but I'm going to add another name into this mix too. Um, Gaga for House of Gucci, Jennifer Lopez mm. for Hustlers, and I'm going to also add Katrina Balf for... Um, mm. Oh yeah, God, Belfast. why am I forgetting the name of that movie? Belfast. Uh, I think that these are actors that this new class of Academy members, including actors, views as these sort of popular, like I mean, Katrina's on this TV show that for better or worse, like I mean, a lot of highbrow people don't necessarily look at that show as, right, a huge, respectable body of work. They view it as a popular work. They view Jennifer Lopez as a pop artist. They view Gaga still as a pop artist, which I think you can also look back at to somebody like Barbara Streisand. And in mm-hmm. a lot of the nominations that she should have had over the years, mm-hmm. and people sort of dismissing her as just a popular figure. A singer, yeah. So I think the sentiment carries through there. And I think that's how you explain why Margot Robbie did not get in for Best Actress. Mm.
0: Uh, b- by the way, b- before we really dig into um, Margot and all of that, I do want to point out best director, four of the five are European. Uh, Martin Scorsese is yeah. the only one who's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Justine Trier for oh, Anatomy of the Excuse me, Ball. Italian
1: excellence? What are you talking about?
0: Uh, right? Well,
1: well, <laughs> right, but you know what I mean. You know what I
0: mean. Um, Christopher Nolan uh, for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Um, but And Justine but, Trier. But right, but Justine for Anatomy of a Fall that is a French film. Oppenheimer is an American film. Poor Things right. is you know an American made film. Zone of Interest is uh, an interna- uh, international film. A twenty four distributed, but but yes. it is considered mm-hmm. an internationally produced film. Yes, um, so yeah, that that category is so interesting to me this year, yeah. and it's a category that I think. Uh, there are so many worthy directors who could have gotten in. You know, Alexander Payne did not. Celine Song did right, not for right. Past Lives. Yeah. And of course, there's Greta Gerwig. Um, I know you mentioned Margot. I want to circle back to you her ready in a second. It, um, okay, you ready? but so he, so here's the thing. I I think uh, 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 congratulations to her uh, and Noah Baumbach on the the the. Um, adapted screenplay nomination for Barbie. Um, It's funny because Joey, very early in the season, um, and I mentioned this on our um, Twitter space, X space, whatever the hell it's called, uh, the other day that um, very early in the season, we were referring to this as a, you know, a potential adapted screenplay nominee. And we were very kindly, kindly, Notified that, oh, this is actually an original screenplay. Um, it's like, well, yeah, it is, but it's based on existing IP, and it's, it's such a fine line there. And the academy yeah. ended up saying, no, because it is IP, we have very strict rules about that. It has to be adapted. Oh, so, sorry. congratulations to them on that screenplay nomination. Yes. I, um, based on because here on this podcast, we talk a lot about precursor nominations, um, which Greta was part of almost all of. Um, yeah. Not to mention the the artistry, the craftsman, craftswomanship uh, that she oversaw in, in, in bringing this story to life. Um, I don't per se subscribe to the notion that just because it is the biggest money-making film of the year that you should be a Best Director nominee. But for so many reasons about what she did... In the construction of this film, I think it's absurd that she is not a best director nominee. Um, I think it's a category that actually could have included three women. Uh, I, I would not have been upset at all if Celine Song got in there. She did is a screenplay nominee, um, but I think uh, that that film is just it's beautiful, and, and um, there's there's a lot of great stuff going there for it. But anyway, that's those are my thoughts on why I think it's absurd that Greta is not a nominee because of what she did as. A
1: director, take it away, yeah. Joey. Yeah, I think that no, I, I agree with you. I think that she, it's a Titanic achievement what she did with this film, and I think a lot of it, the reason why it is a success, is attributable to Greta and her vision. Yeah. And I think she had a big hand in selling this movie too, like as to what it was going to be. Oh, because yeah, because it's not an easy sell as a concept. No, and I it think it was a risky film. S- Right. You can see her vision from everywhere, from like the marketing to the way they're talking about it in interviews to just the Mm -hmm. way the movie plays. It's a brilliant film. But the the issue that I have with the narrative surrounding this is I understand that we're frustrated that a very deserving, amazing, accomplished director did not get into this category. But I think it starts to become a problem when we talk about it as if with the easy I hate to say excuse, but the easy explainer of they didn't nominate her because she's a woman. I think that that is a disservice to Justine Justine Trier. Trier. yeah um I think that uh, you know, well, I didn't like Anatomy of a Fall. I've been very vocal about that. I did not like that film. I thought it was incredibly boring. I famously told Jared that if he wants to sit in a courtroom for three hours, um, and watch and boring, I do. poorly I shot it. drama, he should commit a crime and go do that. Um, but maybe I have. But you're gonna well, like you famously did, threaten to push me out a window. <laughs> um, but on that note, I think that it gets into this very weird territory where there's there was I read a tweet online that said something like the reason that the Academy didn't nominate Greta and Margot is actually also easily explains why we're not in the eighth year of Hillary Clinton's presidency. And I also saw somebody else say that they want to push the Academy out out a window like Anatomy of a Fall. They are like, if only Barbie had pushed someone out a window or if only Barbie had and like inserted her into all the other plot lines of the films this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, so you're literally looking at these two women and you are telling the one woman that she mm-hmm. is not up to your standard of what you think a female director should be. So, therefore, she should be swapped out for the more consensus, mm-hmm. commercially and, and appealing commercial, film Right. Yep. that that woman is more deserving of this other woman. That, to me, is a bigger disservice to approaching this with a feminist yep. outlook than saying, well, the Academy didn't nominate her because she's a woman. I, I think yep. that it's misguided. I think that it's just not factual. I mean, the directors, I think if anything, this proves that the directors, they're voting on what they like and what they like only. And mm. I mean, that, and that is not saying, I mean, we operate in this, uh, covering this industry every single day. We see that there is misogyny and we see that that is a very real thing that exists in this industry. But I think Specifically to this situation, there is a more nuanced conversation to have about why Greta Gerwig did not didn't get in versus the easy explainer of, well, she just mm-hmm. didn't get in because she's a woman. It's more yeah. complex than that. And it's uh, it's. A, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was gonna say, I do want to get into that complexity. I do just want to also uh, make sure everyone knows who, because you're talking about the director's branch of the Academy. Yes. Um, uh, the. Their nominations, by the way, do not match up with the DGA nominations where right. Greta did get in, as exactly. well as Mark Scorsese, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Christopher Nolan, but Alexander, Alexander Payne got in yeah. at DGA's. So so right. there was actually a two-person swap there. What, so with them, all of that and said, ha- and these complexities you mentioned, what do you really think it boils down to about why Greta did not get the nomination this year?
1: I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about with gaga jennifer katrina and margo i think that you because you also look at somebody like ben affleck for argo who did not Mm. get in for best director even though he got in at the dga he won dga Mm -hmm. that year i think yeah Um, and i think that as the director's branch is inviting even more international taste they are one of the most rapidly diversifying in terms of where their members originate from branches in the entire academy if not the most rapidly uh inviting alternate perspectives into this branch. Um, I think that that sort of sentiment explains it. That's the reason mm-hmm. why Ben Affleck didn't get in. That's the reason why Bradley Cooper didn't get in this year, despite Maestro getting in for a bunch of other yeah. unexpected nominations. I mean, it's they're viewing these people as more popular figures and they're mm-hmm. not seeing them for their artistry. That's the problem. Is there
0: anything that can be done about that?
1: I don't think so. I think the direction is a very, uh, the way that it's going, no. I mean, do, Would I like there to be something yeah. done about it? Absolutely. Do I think that the academy on the path that it's going right now? No, I don't think anything can be done because what have we been hearing for the past 10 years? Diversify the academy, bring in new perspectives, mm-hmm. change it up. The academy has gone above and beyond to try to do that. And here we are 10 years later and it's still happening. Yeah. You, you, there's there, th- these people vote for what they like. They vote in their own vacuum. Yeah. They don't care what's going on. As we see with the secret ballot every year. They don't care what's yeah. going on on social media. They don't care what's going on in the news. They watch what they watch. They like what they like. They vote for what they vote for.
0: Mm-hmm. You brought up um, a very interesting film, Argo, which, uh, as you Which noted, I did not Ben like, Affleck, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, but that aside, Ben Affleck did not get a directing nomination, but it did get a Best Picture nomination and, and it, won. it won. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patrick Gomez, our editor in chief, uh, brought that up. Um, well, not necessarily brought up that example, but he did bring up on our um, uh, live uh, post nominations reaction the other day that he wouldn't be surprised if we see something happen where. There are enough people uh, mad and pissed off because now keep in mind for the final voting, everybody votes. It's not limited to the the members of the branch um, that Barbie could don't say what he wouldn't be surprised. He didn't. It doesn't necessarily say it will happen, but he would not be surprised (laughs) if Barbie then takes best picture. Uh, It sounds like you do not subscribe to that notion.
1: Oh, my dear, Patrick. Uh, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, feels <laughs> <laughs> um, like such a little like a
1: pat on the oh, head you're giving, Patrick. Um, yeah, I've never heard Patrick has has not expressed that uh, to me. I was unfortunately I was working uh, on our Oscars coverage yesterday, yes, so I could not join the space. Um, but and and if I had been on that space, I would have also said to Patrick that I did not agree. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any. Uh, I, I, we, because we see it, people say that somewhat every year. I think for for other things, and like, oh, maybe there's going to be a, a sort of retaliatory vote for uh, other things. But I think that that just it goes against what I was just saying. Is that I think these people they don't care what's going on, sort of in this pop culture sphere. They they kind of just vote the way that they want to, and we haven't really seen any major snub, like. It, a lot of people were also talking about little women the year that Greta didn't get nominated for that, which I mean, just in terms of pure statistics, you looked at what was getting nominated that year and people were not voting for Greta Gerwig elsewhere for little women. So that was not necessarily a surprise to people who were watching the Oscar race that year, but there was a lot of that same, excuse me, talk online of maybe a a, a comeback vote. right Uh, right. searching for little women elsewhere and it just didn't happen so yeah yeah i I don't i don't know i mean i think it'd be interesting if that happened and i don't want it to seem like i am throwing patrick under the bus here (laughs) you um, you don't see a world where it will happen but sure there's
0: a slim possibility
1: uh, there jared there's a possibility for everything there's a possibility that there's a
0: possibility that the holdovers could win there's a possibility that yeah Killers of the Flower Moon could have a new surge. Yeah, yes. lots of possibilities.
1: <clears throat> or that Past Lives, the best film... Or no, actually, well, Poor Things, I think, is my favorite of the nominees. But Poor Things and Past Lives, I think, are my two favorite of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah. I I think, if anything, people should be looking at Poor Things as mm, it, to potentially win some unexpected awards. I think that Poor Things has more of a chance than Barbie, for sure. I actually think Barbie is on the lower end of... I think it's like third to last or second to last in terms of what's going to win Best Picture Um, if I had to rank them in terms of likeliness. But yeah, Poor Things, I mean, that got, was it 11? Uh, Second most, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And Emma Stone, I think actually is, well, we'll we'll get into this later, but I think actually Emma Stone is going to win Best Actress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into those nominations in just a bit because I do want to circle back now. Uh, We've kind of passingly mentioned Margot Robbie a few times, who, by the way, is a nominee for Best Picture. She's one of the uh, driving forces behind getting Barbie made. but uh, as its lead actress uh, in the titular role, she did not get nominated. Uh, the nominees in that category are Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Ulla for Anatomy of a Fall, Carey Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. So,
1: Did you notice Jack I, Wade saying it the same way you do? I thought uh, of you when Sandra Jack Ula. Wade read Sandra's uh, name. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I was in his ear. I told him how to say it. We had a little <laughs> earpiece. Um, so... I, um, here's the thing. I think when you put Margot's name up against those five performances, actually, I'm going to say four of those five performances.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, you better say only four.
0: <laughs> yeah. Four of those five performances. Um, it's really tough because there are really, to me, there are nine uh people who could have been nominated for best actress yes. this year. Um Fantasia. and so yeah, Fantasia, Greta Lee, um oh, great. uh yeah, I know there there are so many fantastic performances this year and so that's where it becomes really tough in this category for me that um and and I think Margot's great in the movie. She 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 grounds it. She is its beating heart uh when there's all this um you know, all this other stuff going on around that character. She keeps it centered. And I don't think that was a really an easy job. Um, and, and especially with a character that, you know, there, there are opinions about whether there even should have been a Barbie movie. And uh, I, so I think she was fantastic in it. But compared to four of these five nominees, I have a hard time saying that she should have been nominated. But then... On the flip side, which is, I, I think I've said this to you a few times here on this podcast, my fear is that Ken gets nominated and Barbie doesn't.
1: I think and everybody has that fear.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's just a weird, icky feeling.
1: Well, I don't know. Cause I think, I think you look at the structure of the movie itself, and the structure of the movie itself is sort of elevating Ken to that. Yes, level. I I don't yeah. know that the structure and the screenplay of the film is necessarily anti Ken. It's no, it's no, not. not at all. And not at all. I think that and Greta will tell you that too. We we weren't yeah, setting out to make an anti Ken right, film, yeah. right? And and I I I think that you you know if if this was a gender neutral awards body such as Indie Spirits, I think the argument would be easier to wrap my head around of, of comparing those two things. But I, I just think you, you're voting and it's two different categories, two different sets of contenders. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to just say, well, one got in, the other didn't get in on the same s- standards or parameters. It's There's different factors to consider for each category for the actors who were voting. And I mean, Annette Benning, who I I am extremely confident, I would bet, anything that that five and six slots on this were annette and Margot. um Mm -hmm. that people voted for annette because she is part of the uh why am i forgetting the name of the organization the uh the uh actor's the actors fund is that what I'm oh
0: oh thinking? yes 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 uh, the actors uh, fund
1: mm-hmm. she does a lot of work with that she does a lot of good for actors she has an overdue narrative she's in a movie mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. It, it was very physically I, demanding I, it was a physically demanding part it's a very externally you look at her she looks not like she normally looks she is i mean the movie itself is is it's not it's not a good film but it's one of those films that does leave even somebody who doesn't care for the craft behind the film, you can sense why that movie is inspiring to people um, and why it makes them feel a certain way. So it's almost like they're voting for the feeling that the character made them feel versus the actual work Mm. that I think went into the film. Whereas Margot and Barbie, it's more like, well, there's not much of a transformation. She's beautiful. She's beautiful Margot Mm. Robbie playing beautiful Barbie And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I subscribe to that. I'm saying I'm trying to get into the minds of people who maybe pushed where the people thought over perhaps wasn't a stretch for Margot to play that role. Where that does get into, I think, more sexist thinking and misogynist thinking of like, oh, well, a woman playing beautiful it doesn't require as much skill, and that's an issue to me Um, Mm -hmm. because I think Margot. This is in many ways, I think, the defining role of her career and will be for the rest of her mm-hmm. career. This is I mean, you watch it again and you just there's so many things that you miss when it's a seeing lot of this big tentpole spectacle on the big screen for the first time. And then you go back and you watch it. And I get chills yeah. thinking about it, how good she is in this. It's not mm-hmm. just Barbie is not just, you know, this money making blockbuster commercial movie. I think it almost became too big for its own good in these voters' eyes. Mm. And they just took yeah. it for granted and were just like, it's this huge, titanic monolith of a commercial film. And then they started equating commercial with generic. And yeah. I think that yeah. crept into a lot of voters' minds.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's we talked about uh, why or, you know, I was mentioning why America Ferreira got nominated in that big speech. Um yeah. What you're talking about with with Margot, it's everything leading right up to the moment of that speech when you really look at Margot's performance in that moment. And it's like, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. You know, the, the realization that this character has. And and yeah, I mean, that alone, I think is also like the pairing of, of that entire sequence uh, is for me a, a reason why Margot yeah. could have and should have been nominated.
1: Yeah. I personally definitely would have nominated her over a net, I think for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you on that. But again, I also wanted to see Greta Lee in there. So it's, yeah, it's, me too. Uh, me gosh, too. it's so complicated. Yeah. Um, and it, it really makes me go back to my feeling that like the Emmys, I think the film Academy should adopt a process where the number of nominees is based on the number of submissions because I agree because when the Academy was formed and well, and when the Oscars were formed, um, they said we're going to have five nominees. Well, there were only like thirty to fifty movies made yeah. every year, and so you know that's a small percentage of those. Mm-hmm. There were three hundred twenty-one films submitted this year for consideration. So that five it feels just very insignificant. It doesn't now. make sense.
1: Yeah, it just yep. is. It's 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 too stacked. There's too many submissions to consider and whittle down to five. It's it's inevitable. So yeah, I I do also like that. Um, because I think if there were seven nominees in in this category, yeah. we would have had I think Margot for sure, and then either I think probably what Greta or Greta Fantasia, maybe Fantasia, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. Fantasia got in at BAFTA. So yeah, um,
0: and and you know there are some who I, I know they think it should that should not be the case because they think it waters down and it makes it I insignificant. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. I, yeah, I. I yeah, I don't think so. Just if you continue to look at the number of films of that are made yes. and submissions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that are that, is that a are
1: yeah. wonderful point, Jared. Yes. Thank you for bringing that so, up because I never. I don't know. I'm going to keep
0: campaigning for that. Yeah, um, just like I, at the I, Emmys. I'm going to keep campaigning for a dramedy category. There are um, I, and I'm sure these things get talked about, um, but it is a it is a big decision for these, um, you know, these academies to make. So.
1: It's just funny that the Academy, like everybody begs for the Academy to make like a stunt category or a casting category. And then all the Academy <laughs> yeah. does in the past 10 years is like, we're going to consolidate sound. <laughs> like, yeah. What? What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? Whereas all these <laughs> other voting bodies, they do recognize stunts. Even the Screen Actors Guild, uh, I know. Re- you know, uh, well, of course they do. Those people are SAG members. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the Emmys
1: recognize stunts. So the Academy um, doesn't recognize too. stunts. They just pull stunts. Hey, hey oh. <laughs> Okay, well, um, one final note before we take a break.
0: I do want to point out um, some of the reaction, the statements that came out after nominations. One person in particular, Ryan Gosling, um, who, uh, you know, he says he's extremely honored to be nominated by my colleagues, but there's such an important part of his, um, his reaction statement that I do want to read here. He says, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm also incredibly honored and proud that it's for portraying a plastic doll named Ken. But... There is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people most responsible for this history-making, globally-celebrated film. No recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit, and genius. To say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Against all odds with nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad, and thankfully crotchless dolls, they made us laugh, they broke our hearts, they pushed the culture, and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees. Um, I want to applaud... Ryan Gosling and his team for crafting the most beautiful, shame on you statement I've ever read in my life.
1: Well, as Whoopi Goldberg said on The View in relation to this very topic, um, not everybody wins a prize.
0: <laughs> no, that's very true. She also thinks that there is no such thing as a snub, which might just be a, a really uh, a, a way to, to n- not drive oneself mad about the eventual snubs that do happen. Um, it's, you know, maybe that's just her way of, uh, internalizing and getting through it. But, um, I'm just going to yeah. say
1: that from now on though, not everybody gets a prize.
0: It's, it's so true. It's not very true. Anyway, I just interested. wanted to read uh, that statement guys. because it was, uh, my favorite of Oscar Nominations state. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back, Joey's going to offer up his predictions in six Categories I am? for the upcoming Oscars. Don't go anywhere, folks. The awardist will be right back.
1: I'm going somewhere. This episode is brought to you by Peacock,
0: presenting critically acclaimed originals for your Emmy consideration. Stream limited series, Apples Never Fall, starring Annette Benning and Sam Neill, and The Tattooist of Auschwitz, based on the best-selling novel. Plus, TV movie, Mr. Monk's Last Case, and the stop-motion animated In the Know from Mike Judge, Brandon Gardner, and Zach Woods. Finally, head to the highlands with Alan Cumming in the hit competition series, The Trade*. Peacock is your consideration destination this Emmy season.
1: On June 14th, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2.
0: It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him!
1: Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters June 14th. Get tickets now.
0: Welcome back to The Awardist. All right, folks, we have broken down our analysis of uh, all of the, the the Barbie controversy over Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie not getting nominated for director and actress, respectively. Uh, but now we are going to, um, well, we, Joey specifically, we're going to go through the top six categories. And Joey is going to give us his, as of right now. Because things could change over uh, the next, well, voting happens uh, next month. Uh, things could change over the next four to six weeks. So, Joey, let's start with Best Supporting Actress, where the nominees are Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster in Nyad, and Davine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Drumroll, give it to us. Who
1: you think it's going to be? Uh, Davine, for sure. I mean, she's swept everything it's i think this is a category where they're you know they know divine has been sweeping everybody's (laughs) just going to check her off on that box um but also can we say how sad it is that danielle is the only nominee for color purple across the board Mm. one oscar nomination just insane yeah um i mean and that's a you know the original movie got
0: 11 nominations zero wins um and i'm sure some of them must have felt a bit a little bit of a like we we want to right the wrongs of that and it just kind of... It's just criminal. ...was yeah. wronged even more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so going with Dave Vine for Supporting Actress. Supporting Actor nominees, Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro, <sighs> Killers of the Flower Moon, the other Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Who are you giving it to here?
1: I, another just Robert Downey Jr. is just sweeping everything, so unfortunately... So you Jr. think this is a <laughs> it's a it's a momentum thing? Yeah, for sure. And yep. both supporting okay. actress and supporting actor, yeah. Momentum.
0: Yep. Okay. Best actress, Annette Bending Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Ula, Anatomy of the Fall, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Emma Stone, Poor Things. This is gonna be one of the stones, it's, right? Gladstone
1: or The yes, It is going I I think it's gonna be Emma Stone. Uh I think that the tide sort of turned when she won Critic's Choice and I think that people, what you know, killers also. I don't think the enthusiasm, even though it got ten nominations, I don't think the enthusiasm is quite there as much as we thought it was for killers, um, as seems to be the case mm-hmm. for a lot of recent Martin Scorsese movies. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think, what was the one? The Irishman didn't win anything either. Yep. Um, right. So, and killers didn't show up in screenplay. So screenplay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think as great as Lily's performance is, I think that there is more support across the board for what Emma had to do again, because it's a performance you can see more, I think, than mm-hmm. than Lily's, uh, even though, they, you know, both of them just absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, I will say I, I think like uh, Emma and poor things, that's where I think. Ryan Gosling and Barbie like he he gives a performance I, I feel like they you know or it's those those two kids from La La Land those two crazy kids oh, um, yeah. putting on performances here um, but, and by the way I do uh, also want to note Lily Gladstone the first um, indigenous Native American person yes. to be nominated for best actress and uh, let's hope she is not the last Yes. Um, but congratulations to her. And uh, for Best Actor, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Is the momentum going to stay with Paul here or will Killian
1: get in? This is I, another so let's tough be honest, one. It's the two of them, right? Yes, it's the two of them. This is another tough one. I think I'm going to go with Paul just because I think there's... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is hard.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and keeping in mind very early in the season, this might have been back in, gosh, September when uh, we publish your initial um, predictions. It was all about Bradley Cooper because that transformation yeah. and and all of the work he put into this. And he's
1: very good in the film. But, but I just think, oh, God, because it seems like maybe then if we predict Davine and Paul, it seems like the actors, there's more support there for the holdovers, mm. but are the actors also voting for the film that they feel is the best acting representation in Best Picture, or are they voting for what they actually like as the best film? That's always the difficult thing to gauge, but right, I'm going to say yeah. Paul for now. Yeah, I'm going to go okay. with Paul. Could change. We'll see.
0: Um, all right. Director, uh, we've mentioned them before. Justine Trier, Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Yoga Slant, the most Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer, The Zone
1: of Interest. I mean, Mr. Nolan. There's, yeah. there's, there's no doubt there. Yep. All right. And uh, Best Picture, uh.
0: American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest.
1: Unfortunately, the Oscar goes to Oppenheimer. Mm. I hope that whoever announces it says it as enthusiastically as I just did. But um, I just <laughs> oh,
0: God no. Yeah. You know what? I um, one of my favorite announcements of a winner ever is Elizabeth Taylor at the Golden Globes the year Gladiator won. What did Ms. Taylor um, do? Gladiator,
1: Gladiator. Or yeah, I so also like... someone give us an Oppenheimer. No. I also it like Jane Fonda's pause and then she deserved an Oscar for that in herself. She just paused, looked up, <laughs> Parasite. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Someone could just film. say Parasite yeah. in place of Oppenheimer <laughs> and describing Oppenheimer as a cinematic parasite. Yeah. That that's Joseph. That's accurate. Wow. That's accurate. That is a that is a real hot take. I got right a parasite there. from sitting on that movie chair for too long in the theater watching Oppenheimer.
0: Well, that's the fault of the theater chain where you went.
1: Maybe go to cleaner theaters.
0: <laughs> take, a, take a can of Lysol with you next time. And you spray and Thelma the Schoonmacher coming after me this year. Who <laughs> oh, is Thelma on your tail? By the well, way, the I most g- nominated editor ever got her, what, 10th, I believe? hmm uh, I think her. I think all of her editing nominations line up with Martin Scorsese's directing um, nominations, and he got a, his tenth this year.
1: So yeah, and I bet it's that incredible. theater in Denver that she went after. <laughs> oh, oh, right it's for the. I know for Yes, for the, for them um, to revoke her nomination.
0: Yeah, for for putting in an intermission. I, I mean, mess. yeah. I I mean, I don't. I kind of don't blame them. Give people a chance to to take pee. a break and come back. Yeah, exactly. All right, so those are the predictions. Of course, those could continue uh, to, to change over the next four to six weeks. We will have a lot more predictions coming to you throughout the season right here on the podcast and, of course, on EW.com. Um, make sure you visit the website to check out uh, more on the snubs and surprises uh, with this year's nominations, uh, the nominees' reactions um, to their uh, these honors they received this year, uh, and making, making the cut in a very tough field uh, in many cases, um, and so much more analysis um, uh, of this year's nominees. Japanese. All right. Well, Joey, that is going to do it for us this week. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, and thanks so much to all of you for listening. If you like what you're hearing here on The Awardist, you can follow and rate the podcast, and we would love for you to leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We're at EW on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall, and Joey is at Joey Nolfi. We'll see you back here next week and every day at EW.com. Joey, justice for... Penguin Bloom. Oh, you're bringing it back. All right, that's fine. They're cute. They waddle off. Just like we're going to do right now. Bye, everyone. Bye. This episode of The Awardist is hosted and produced by Jared Hall and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.